Letter forty eight of Orpheus C. Kerr Papers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Orpheus C. Kerr Papers by Robert Henry Newell. Letter forty eight. Treating chiefly of a terrible panic which broke out in Paris, but subsequently proved to be only a natural effect of strategy. Washington, D.C., June first, eighteen sixty two. It is my belief. My solemn and affecting belief, my boy, that our once distracted country is destined to be such a great military power hereafter, that an American citizen will be distinguishable in any part of the world by his commission as a brigadier. Even congressmen will answer to the command of charge mileage, and it is stated that sons of guns in every variety are already being born at the West. Sons of pop guns, my boy. The last time the general of the Macro Brigade was here, he was so much pleased with the high state of strategy developed at the War Office that he visited all the bar rooms in Washington and ordered the tumblers to be at once illuminated. Thunder, says the general to Colonel Wobert Wobinson of the Western Cavalry, as they were taking measures to prevent any possible mistake by seeing the enemy double. This war is making great tacticians of the whole nation, and if I wanted my sons to become Napoleons, I'd put them into the war office for a week. My sons, my sons, says the general hysterically, motioning for a little more hot water. Why are you not here with me in glory, instead of remaining home there like ripe plums on the parent tree? Plums, plums, says Colonel Wobinson thoughtfully. Ah, I see, says the colonel pleasantly. Your sons are damsons. The general eyed the speaker with much severity of countenance, my boy, and says he, If you have any sons, my friend, they are probably fast young men, and take after their father, at the approach of the enemy. The general is rather proud of his sons, my boy, one of whom wrote the following, which he keeps pinned against the wall of his room. Poor pussy. We count mankind and keep our senses still. We count the stars that populate the night. But who, with all his computation, can con caddy nations write? In all the lands, in zones of all degrees, no spot impossible is known to be. And sure, the ocean can't ignore the cat whose capital is sea. Despise her not for nature the work of making her remembered human flaws, and gave to puss strange gifts of human sort before she made her pause. First, puss is like a soldier, if you please, or like a soldier's officer in truth, for every night brings ample proof she is a fencer from her youth. A model cosmopolitan is she, indifferent to change of place or time. And like the hardy sailor of the seas, inured to every clime. Then, like a poet of the noble sort, who spurns the ways of ordinary crews, she courts the upper storied attic salt, and hath her private muse. In mathematics, she eclipses quite our best professors of the science hard, when by her quadrupedal mode she shows her forefeet in a yard. To try the martial simile once more, she apes the military drummer man when, at appropriate hours of day and night, she makes her ratty plan. She is a lawyer to the hapless rat who strives in vain to fly her feline paws, 
evading once but to be caught again in her redeeming claws. Then turn not from poor pussy in disdain, whose pride of ancestry may equal thine, for is she not a blood descendant of the ancient caddy line? Speaking of strategy, my boy, you will remember that Company 3, Regiment 5, Mackerel Brigade, started for an advance on Richmond last week, and were within ten miles of that city. Subsequently, they made another forced march of five miles, leaving only fifteen miles to go, and on Tuesday a messenger came in from them to Captain William Brown, with the intelligence that the advance was already within twenty-five miles of the rebel headquarters. Ha! says William, the Confederacy is doomed, but I must curb the advancing impetuosity of these devoted beings, or they'll be in Canada in a week. I think, says William calculatingly, that a retreat would bring us to the summer residence of the Southern Confederacy in less time. Here another messenger came in from the Richmond storming party, and says he, the advance on Richmond has failed in consequence of the shoes furnished by the United States of America. Ah, says William, hastily setting down a goblet. Yes, says the chap mournfully, them air shoes has demoralized Company Three, which is advancing back to Paris at double quick. Them shoes, says the chap, which was furnished by the sons of revolutionary forefathers by a contractor at only twenty-five dollars a pair for the sake of the Union, has caused a fatal mistake. They got so ragged with being exposed to the wind that when Company Three hastily put them on for an advance on Richmond, they got the heels in front and have been going the wrong direction ever since. "'Where did you leave your comrades?' says William. "'At Jones's Courthouse,' says the chap. "'Ah,' says William, "'is that a healthy place?' "'No,' says the chap, "'it's very unhealthy. I was drunk all the time I was there.' "'I see,' says William, with great agitation. "'My brave comrades are in a tight place. "'Let all the newspaper correspondents be ordered to leave Paris at once,' says William to his adjutants, "'and will take measures for a second uprising of the North.' When it became generally known, my boy, that Company Three, Regiment Five, Mackerel Brigade, were falling back across Duck Lake, there was great agitation in government circles, and the general of the Mackerel Brigade prepared to call out all persons capable of bearing arms. "'The Constitution is again in danger,' says the general impulsively, "'and we must appeal to the populace.' "'Ah,' says William, "'it would also aid our holy cause to call out the women of America. "'For the women of America,' says William advisedly, "'are capable of bearing arms to any extent.' "'No,' says the general.' Woman's place in this war is beside the couch of the sick soldier. Thunder, says the general genially, it's enough to make us fonder of our common nature to see the devotion of women to the invalid volunteer. As I was passing through the hospital just now, says the general feelingly, I saw a tender, delicate woman acting the part of a ministering angel to a hero in a hard ague. She was fanning him, my friend, she was fanning him. "'Heaven bless her,' says William, with streaming eyes, "'and may she never be without a stove when she has a fever.' "'I really believe,' says William, glowingly, "'that if woman found her worst enemy even burning to death, "'she would heap coals of fire upon his head.' "'William's idea of heaping coals of fire, my boy, 
is as literal as was the translation of Enoch. On learning of the repulse from Richmond, all the Southern Union men of Paris commenced to remember that the rebels are our brethren, and that this war was wholly brought about by the fiendish abolitionists. Yes, says a patriotic chap from Accomac, sipping the oath loyally, the abolitionists brought this here war about, and I have determined not to support it. Our slaves read the Tribune, and have learned so much from military articles in that paper, that the very life of the South depended upon separation. In fact, my boy, notwithstanding the efforts of Captain William Brown to tranquilize public feeling by seizing the telegraph office and railroad depot, telegraphing to everybody he knew for reinforcements, the excitement was steadily increasing until word came from Company 3, Regiment 5, Mackerel Brigade, that no enemy had been in sight at all. When the intelligence was brought to the general of the Mackerel Brigade, and as soon as the band had finished serenading him, he called for a fresh tumbler, and says he, "'I may as well tell you at once, my children,' that this whole matter is simply a part of my plan for bringing this unnatural war to a speedy termination. Company three retired by my design, and, in fact, my children, says the general confidingly, it's something you can't understand. It's strategy. Perhaps it was, my boy, perhaps it was, for there is more than one reason to believe that strategy means military shoes with the heels in front. Yours cautiously, Orpheus C. Kerr. End of letter forty eight.